World's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. (laughs) Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I'm going to get it off my chest right away. I hate Illinois. I hate Pennsylvania. I'm trying to think if there's another one I'm supposed to hate. Because on our trip to Wisconsin, we had a wonderful event up there with Rob Pugh. And Rob was going to join us this morning, but he's under the weather. Got up, got, had a fever, and so we'll get him in here maybe tomorrow to talk a little bit about it. But you know what? I hate Illinois because Michelle and I drove. Let's see. We started in Columbus, Ohio. We drove over to Indianapolis. We drove up through Indiana. We drove up across a little bit of, uh, I don't think we hit any Michigan. We got into Illinois on our way up to Wisconsin. And can somebody explain to me why in, in Illinois, you can drive and drive and drive and drive. And in Illinois, you have to pay to drive. Why do you have to pay tolls in Illinois? You don't pay them in Indiana. You don't pay them in Ohio. You don't pay them in Kentucky. You don't pay, but you got to pay to drive on public highways in Illinois. Can somebody explain that to me? And why do we put up with that crap? In fact, now you don't even have, you don't even have to pull in and pay. They take a picture of your license plate and send you a bill. Other than that, I'm doing pretty good. It's, it's, it's craziness, isn't it? Craziness. You drive on highways that your tax dollars have built and they charge you to drive on those highways. We let them get away with it. Never seen anything. Other than that, we had, I had a great trip. Uh, hey, Betty, I usually your father's bus driver. I drove really fast. Just want everybody to know I premeditated sin. I had premeditated, premeditated sin. I broke speed limits all the way home. Every chance I got, I went fast. Every chance. So is, is, should I have to repent for that? Is, is, is speeding a sin? Boy, we could get into that one, couldn't we? We could sure get into that. In other words, they make me pay to drive on the highway and then tell me how fast I can drive. <laughs> how about that one? <laughs> That's like going to McDonald's and uh, you order the food and they tell you what you can eat. <laughs> oh, no, you can't eat that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I love it. We live in a crazy world. I had a great weekend. Really did. And again, Rob was going to come in and join. First of all, I got to go back. Clay did a great job on Friday. I got a, I listened the best that I could and got a lot of, got a lot of thumbs up. And, uh, hey, folks, this job looks easy. It isn't easy. It isn't easy. Because when you prepare a show, like I'm, I'm doing my Brideon show today. And one of the things about the Brideon show that causes me angst, angst is uh, there's no dialogue. It's just me for 44 minutes, usually, or, or a guest. And if you think that you can sit down and put a show together and come on Coach Dave Live and talk for an hour, and it, it ain't that easy. It ain't that easy. And so uh, Clay's uh, getting his toe and dipping in the water and doing really well with that, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, Pastor Clint Harper, I don't know if Pastor Clint's out there. Uh, Pastor Clint, said, he emailed me on the way home and said, Coach, I'm going to talk about your church today. I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. You ain't the only one, Clint, talking about me in church. And I listened. Oh, I listened. I listened to it early this morning, Clint. And hey, folks, you know what? Uh, 
You know what Clint Harper did yesterday down there in Royston, Georgia? He told the people the truth about themselves. That, that takes some courage. I listened to it early this morning, Clint. I did. And you, you told them the truth about themselves. And until, we, until we're willing to tell the truth to those we are shepherding or those we love, until we're willing to tell the truth, things will not change, folks. Huh? Look, here's what Clint, Clint one of the things Clint said, and it's, it's just so true. He didn't say it, didn't say it like this. So I'm going to say it, which is what he was saying. Uh, uh, if you are sending your children to government schools, you, you're setting them up for failure. What is wrong with you? That's basically one of the things that Clint said. Now, I know there are a lot of you in here who are probably doing it. And Clint would have said to you Sunday, if you'd have listened to him, what's wrong with you? Huh? Do you look around and do you see how many people are losing their children when they go to college? Do you understand the, the onslaught of evil being fed to your children in government schools? Do you understand it? And do you have anything in your life more important to you than your children? I don't. I don't. My grandchildren, I don't. Why are we so cavalier about what they're doing to our children? Wasn't that basically your message, Clint? Did I, did, I, did I do okay? Did any of them walk out on you, Clint? Because we need more of it. Huh? We need an inventory in the church. We need an inventory in the church. Right, Clint? That's right, Gooch. I've always, I've always told them the truth. Yesterday, I told them the hard truth. <laughs> there is a difference, isn't there? But, but you know what? They didn't fire me, and they did, came, they did come back. Last night, so I think we're good. Amen. Well, folks, here's the here's the real issue, and it's a serious issue, church. Listen, it's a serious issue. With the financial restrictions and everything that's going on, what's a parent supposed to do, right? Because you're, you're trying to juggle this idea of uh, providing for your family. Taxes are so high, inflation so high. Both parents have to work. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with your kids? What are you gonna do with them? Well, you put them in the public schools. Pray that, <laughs> pray they don't get poisoned. Right? Come on, man. We get we got to figure out a way to do better than this. And as I've said before, it's homeschooling and it's homeschool co-ops and it's individual churches rising up and starting a school in their church. Even if there's only ten people there, open up that church building so people can come in there and get education together. My goodness, we got the internet. You don't even have to be smart to teach somebody anything. You sit them down and say, watch this video, would you? Watch this video. Everybody watch this video and then talk about what the video was. Reading, writing, arithmetic. You, you can all do that stuff, right? So we'll go back to John Dewey. I'm not going to do this today. If you go back to John Dewey. John Dewey was a socialist, was a communist. He started the American education system and look where we are, right? Look where we are. So for, for Clint to say that in particular, Boy, oh boy, oh boy, you start talking about the schools and the responsibility of a parent in the train, train up a child in the way they should go. When they get old, they won't depart from it. The responsibility of, of education falls directly into the lap of the parents. You're, you're, po- you're poking close to home when you start to do that. Come on in, Clint. I see you got your hand up there. No, hand down. Okay. You with me, folks? No, no, I'm uh, after, okay. after church. I had somebody to, uh, you know, they started explaining to me why they couldn't homeschool. Right. And I looked at a $75,000 truck and I said, you could sell that right there. That new camper you got, you could sell that. What's more important, going camping or your kids? Dudes. <laughs> and, and I mean, he, he accepted it. He said, yeah, you're right. Amen. Amen. Hey, Clint, I don't know how I could do this, but I, I don't know about your church. 
your congregation, Dale's congregation. I mean, I, certainly there's a retired teacher sitting in there, isn't it? Isn't there a retired teacher sitting in your congregations? And you mean to tell me that you can't help that retired teacher start a ministry of education to the children in the church? Can't do that? <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, I'm sorry. When Michelle first started teaching, she had a fourth, fifth grade blend in her class. She taught fourth and fifth grade in the same class. Yes or no, Michelle? I know, I know she did it, right? But this idea that we got to bring them all in there. Well, who's going to be the second grade teacher? Who's going to be the third grade teacher? Stop it. Stop it already. Get somebody in front of them. There's all kinds of materials. Direct them. Old, re- that, that sounds awful. Reti- I'm an old one. Retired teachers, pastors, put them to work. Give them a job. Fill the, ch- fill the church every day training Christian children. Oh, that, my that's what my, both of my daughters, one of them's got a master's education degree. The other one is a, a bachelor. And they've got scores of families into, that's what they do. That is their ministry is show people how easy it is to homeschool, but people don't want to. They want they yeah. they want to take screens and TV, phones, and that's why I told them yesterday, in school, and they want babysitters for the kids because they don't want to raise them. Oh, Clint, I heard you say, well, I think it was you, I know it was you, talked about people giving their children phones at 10 years old. Is that what Amen. it was, Clint? Huh? People Amen. buy phones for their children at 10 years old? And I told them, I said, y'all are crazy. You did tell them that. They are crazy. They are. Right? They are crazy. So uh, I salute you, Clint. Need more hey, pastors. We need more of, uh, more of them out there. In, in my old coaching days, we called it addition by subtraction. If you run them off, God bless them. Get the hell out of here. That's the way I see it. If they don't, if they, if they don't want to, if they don't want to acknowledge the truth, then get out of here. And at least at the end of the day, Clint, you're going to be able to say to them 10 years from now when they come crying about Johnny's no longer serving the Lord, you're going to be able to say, hey, I told you. I told you, by the way, that day was April 16, 2023. I told you. And you didn't listen to me. Well, that's another thing I told them. I said, y'all, you have been told. Let's <laughs> not on your hand anymore, is it, buddy? That's it. That's what I told them. Yeah. So, so again, look, friends, I'm not trying to be cavalier about this because I understand the pressures of raising a family, the financial needs responsible with that, and trying to our both of our daughters homeschool their children. Both of them do. Both of them have college degrees, and both of them have understood the responsibility that at least for the next ten years, whatever it might be, their job is to train those little those little nippers. That's their job. Have given their life to it. Have they had to make sacrifices? Yeah, probably. Probably. But you're making sacrifices for them. A lot of you use your children as sacrifices. Oh, coach, I just hit it right there. See, you sacrifice your children for boats and vacations and nice cars, which is what Clinton just said, nice trunks. And at the end of the day, that isn't a very good trade-off. Folks, I was a public school teacher. I'm here to tell you, get them out of there. Get them out of there. You say, well, coach, I don't know how we can, well, dude, you better figure it out because the soul of your little child is at risk. And I'm going to stamp on one more foot right now, if I can. Grandpa out there with that great big old bank account, and you're checking your, you're checking every day to see how much money you got in your savings because you're going to, oh, you don't want to run out of money at the end of your age. Hey, dude, do me a favor. 
Go take $5,000 of it and put your child in a Christian education for your children, for your children's children. Go to your child daughter and say, honey, I'll pay for them to go. I'll pay for them to go. It, it, it matters that much, friends. It matters. But I got to go, go, go one more step, okay? I have to go one more step. You got to be careful because a lot of the Christian schools aren't Christian. Can I get an amen out there? Amen. Amen. They can put Christian up on top of the school, but they ain't Christian. And and I'm going to tell you something else. You're going to run into a lot of Christian teachers in Christian schools. They ain't Christian. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, they they do not have a biblical worldview. Oh, I could do a show right there. Maybe I need to do one. There's a difference between being a Christian and thinking and acting like one. They are not the same. And Amen. you have to be very, very careful when you put your child in Christian education. What kind of education is that Christian education? Because I've been, I've been there. I've been there. That's why responsibility of educating the children falls into the lap of mommy and daddy. Because at least at that point, you can determine what it is your children are, are being taught. Hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Man. I don't know how I got here, but I'll, I'll keep on going. Well, I got a, got some interest here anyway. Sue Schaefer, your hands up. Go ahead. Because I haven't gotten to where I want to get yet. Did you want to go, Sue? No, I'm good. Okay, thank you, Sue. Uh, uh, Patriot, Kevin, come in. Then Julie. All right, Coach. Well, you, you asked the question. Okay, well, then who's going to be the second grade teacher? And who's going to be yeah. the third grade teacher? Okay, so let's remember back about 100 years. How many grades were covered in the one-room school? One-room schoolhouse. One-room schoolhouse. Every we're grade, pretty... baby. Every grade. Hey, listen, here's the problem, though, Kevin. They didn't have anybody to teach about penises and, and uh, vaginas and anuses and how well, to they... teach them together. They, well, so they, they could... Yeah, they didn't have a Department of Education back then either. It was uh, yeah. it was community rule. So, oh, yeah, right. things are very different. Amen. That's right, right. We had another powerful moment. I, I'll show you. Maybe I'll show you it sometime. When I was speaking on Saturday, um, was it Saturday? Friday. Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, speaking Saturday, I brought a bunch of – some of you have seen me do this before. I asked a bunch of men to come up and stand up in front of the stage behind me. And I'm trying to dis- demonstrate to them what it's like to go to a school board meeting I said, this is so easy to do. And I, I had about 20 men come up, big old burly guys, come up and fold their arms and stand behind me. And then I stepped to the microphone like I was the person speaking to the school board. And those guys just stood there with their arms folded. I said, see this picture? Do you, men, do you see this picture? Stop sending your wife to school board meetings. Get a bunch of your drinking buddies, a bunch of your golfing buddies, and show up at your school board meeting and fold your arms. And when, when the speaker gets up and says, uh, we don't want this being taught, we don't want this being taught, we don't want this being taught, you guys are standing behind him like this, and you say, we're with him. We're with him. This is so easy for us to win. But we got to get, get engaged. We have to get involved. And if we don't, if we don't get our children back, we have no future. We have no future. Julie, come on. Good morning. Great show, Coach. Um, I've noticed, like, being around homeschool kids versus school public school kids, and there's a big difference. I mean, how well-behaved the homeschool kids are and, you know, show respect for the elders and the moms and dads. And school <clears throat> kids don't do that. Julie, listen, would you send your kid to public school? You no way. You sit your child behind beside somebody in that classroom that you would never let them associate with. You would never let your child associate with that kid, that demonic, devil-filled kid. Never. And you send him, sits beside him all day, all day. And then all of a sudden, you, you know where it leads, right? Come on, we're smarter than this. 
smarter than this. Did I cut you off? I didn't mean to. Clay, come on in. It doesn't take a lot of money or funding to uh, start homeschooling either. Doesn't take uh, any money. We tried to start our homeschooling with uh, having a fancy little school room, put put all kinds of whiteboards and everything in it, bookshelves. And now on our fourth child that we're homeschooling, we got a whiteboard in the kitchen on the wall because that's where a kid wants to be is at the kitchen table or in the room. So, and, and as far as curriculum goes, once you get to know a few homeschoolers, they'll, most all of them will donate the curriculum from one of their older kids to you. If you don't That's have right. Clay, Clay, and then you learn from each other, right? You learn from your neighbor. You don't have to go to some educational expert. You yep. find somebody in your church who's homeschooled their children say, here, do this and don't do this and go to this program and don't go to that program. Right. And you were talking about uh, the kids going to college. We homeschooled our kids all the way from the beginning. But once they went, once we sent our children to college, that's where their brains started uh, changing. And that's when they started rebelling against their parents. Yep. Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm I'm going to get some of this. This is all over me this morning, though, right? It's all over me. I'm going to explain to us why. But while I got the door open, I'm going to keep walking in here. Go ahead, Clint, and then Joe Allen, and then Myra. Go ahead. Think about how asinine it is that we're trying to teach children how to be adults by putting them around other children Unbelievable. when you're, you're homeschooled you know you put them around adults to teach them how to act like adults and as far as as college there's no way in hell i'd ever take my kid into a pub into a, a, a college a Amen. university or I, no way home college and home college you'll <laughs> never get them back saying. if you do you'll never get them back no you'll never get them back nope they teach them in uh, the institutions of they are not in, they are not institutions of higher learning. They're institutions of lower living. We've got to redefine success. success. Yeah, that's you right. Know, we don't. That's do it. you want yeah. to get a college degree and make a lot of money, or do you want to be a human being that's on their way to heaven? Amen, baby. Ultimate goal, right? Joe Allen, come in. Then Myra. Then Bernie. Uh, Carol and I was worried about that once we finished in homeschool at, at the age of 14 he was done with his his homeschool work around 10 o'clock he can get up six in the morning four hours he's done so how are i how i ascertain this child to keep uh motivated mm. so he worked at a wood mill from from uh, 10 o'clock to four o'clock i took him every day he worked there or any kind of job, but we were worried about when we finished homeschooling. What during college, the trick I found is go to a tech school. There's no summer break. It's continuous college tech school, twenty four seven. Amen, amen. But we got this idea that we have to go to college now. Hey, friends, come on. Hey, look. As a school teacher, right? Get into high school, what do you have? You have uh, English, math, social studies, science. Uh, you can throw a foreign language in there, throw some electives in there. You, you guys understand how much time during a day in a classroom a teacher wastes. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea? I know because I was one of them, right? you have any idea? Uh, come on, man. Come on. And they've convinced us that you have to be an educational expert. I, I look, I gotta get off this subject or I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. That we that we have been trained. By the way, 
If your pastor isn't encouraging homeschooling, you better find out why or find out another church. I'm going to say that again. Like I'm thinking of Pastor Tom Gill, the pastor of pain. He had 10 little noggins. I think he had 10 little noggins. And he homeschooled them all. Tom Gill was homeschooling kids before anybody was homeschooling kids. Right? Can can you tell me what it is outside your home? What values outside your home you want your child to have? Because the child will become like the teacher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Myra, then Bernie. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth in regard to the truth um, you always speak about. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us as far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are not seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. But that works both ways. That works both ways. See, the things that we are, that are not seen are eternal as well. So you can put your kid into a public school and the things that you cannot see are destroying him. Do you understand that? This works both ways, boys and girls. We look not at things which can be seen, but at things which cannot be seen. For the things which can be seen are temporal, but the things which cannot be seen are eternal. Demonology, doctrines of demons, those are powerful as well. And we don't even get it. We don't even understand it. Bernie, no more after Bernie. I'm going somewhere. Bernie's the last uh, one for me. Okay, Go, okay. Yeah, one thing's harping on that. The um, the first commandment with a promise, the uh, honor your father and mother. How much the homeschools? I mean, how much do your public schools dishonor the parents? Oh, oh don't tell your parents. That's right. Even, even in church, we sometimes we dishonor the parents because we, we overrule them. Oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. And, uh, you yep, know, we've yep. we got to honor the father. Okay. I mean, who's going right. to honor? If you can't make decisions, you know, you can't tell him he's wrong, but you have to tell him he's responsible. Amen. Responsible yep. for his decisions. And he's got to make that decision <laughs> and carry that out. And so, anyway, I just want to encourage that. And But all these things. Are destroying feminism, communism destroys the man in the home, and that's how you destroy the church. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to pause a man. I'm going to pray for my um, sister-in-law Susie's grandson Justin, who's going into for some cancer surgery today. At uh, I don't know, he's 32, 33, young guy. Serious, serious stuff. And um, we just believe in the Lord. We just uh, God guide the surgeon's hands, and we don't know where Justin is with his faith, Lord. We don't know. And Father, you said in your word that all things work together for good. And we just pray that you would take this situation and you would use it for good. And that Justin will come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior as a result of this trouble that's come into his life. Rescue his soul in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, okay. So look, look, look. I pull up Biden mask. I, I got to get to some. I could preach all day, but I'm, I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to. Yeah, folks, I don't know if you've seen this. This is absolutely unbelievable. They've caught Joe Biden wearing a mask. Can you make this bigger? Uh, is there any way, Jonathan, you can make this thing a little bit bigger? I don't know if you can or not. I want you to watch it so that you get what's going on here. Joe Biden is going to, you're going to see this, okay? He's going to reach back. He's going to scratch his neck. And it ain't skin. Go ahead and play it. Breaking news. New footage has come out of creepy Biden 
itching his latex silicon mask during a press conference and the internet has been spooked to say the least look at this footage it is spooky it is creepy what is it exactly obviously it's a mask but what's underneath the mask is it another person is it a reptilian we don't really know but the fact that there is some kind of imposter running around out there pretending to be the president of the United States should have everyone concerned as this puppet government drives the world towards World War Three. What is driving the world okay, you get, towards Put that in the chat. Watch his neck. Do it one more time. Watch, watch the path. Nobody watch wants the to get involved in Ukraine, and yet Does your neck do that? My neck doesn't do that. <laughs> so put that in the chat. Do with it what you want, because this is going to lead into really what I, what I want to talk about today, if I can. Um, hmm. I, I watched up. Uh, I'm going to confess again. Clay, I'm going to confess. I drove down the road with the fuzz buster on. My uh, cruise control set. Pretty high, Betty. And uh, my fuzz muster busted good watching Jonathan Tom. Dude, I, yeah, I did. I did it all at once. I did. I did. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Jonathan Tom's book, Return of, the, Return of the Gods. But it's really, really powerful. And he made some points in that thing that I want to try to make aware to you now. You guys understand this or you remember... Uh, bring up number, bring up number seven, bring up number seven real quick for me, Spencer or Jonathan. I'm sorry, John. I know who you are. I just got Spencer stuck in my head. Got Bridie on today, by the way, Bridie on. And don't forget the annual event. Ooh, I got to get that in there. June 9, 9 and 10, June 9 and 10, the annual event here at Sky High. We're putting it together. Uh, put it on your calendar. We'll get you some more information on it, right? <clears throat> where, where is that? Uh, Okay, so the men of Nineveh, where is this? What did I tell you it was? Let me look over here. Help me out, John. I've lost my spot. What Matthew verse? 12. Matthew 12. There it is. Matthew 12, 41 through 45. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. We know who that greater than Jonas is, right? Huh? That guy's still here, by the way. That guy, that King of Kings and Lord of Lords guy, he's still here. He lives in me, by the way. Uh, greater than Jonas is here. And the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and she and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, there's a greater guy here than Solomon. <laughs> there's a wiser guy than Solomon that's here right now, right? You with me? You following? Then he saith, I will return into my house. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, so verse 43 says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. Clay, what are we talking about here? Who walks through dry places seeking rest and can't find any? The lost. No. The unclean spirit. You see that, folks? When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, 
He walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he says, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to return back to my house from where I came. Talking about this unclean spirit now. And when he comes back, why, he finds that house all tidied up and it's clean and empty and Michelle's scrubbed down the floors and the windows and oh, it all looks good. Then goes he, he takes with him seven other of his buddies. More wicked than before, more wicked than him. And they enter and they all seven of them begin to live in this nice clean house. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so, shall it be also unto this wicked generation. So here's the picture being set. Uh, Christ enters, I'm just trying to give you an understanding of it. Christ enters into the life of an individual, or a little child is trained in righteousness or whatever, and the house is all cleaned up. All the demons are gone, all that stuff. But the demon's mad because he needs a body to operate in. He's a sex fiend, that demon. So he's got to find some little boy or some little girl, some man that he can get into so he can get his rocks off. Pardon my French, right? So what does he do? Well, he finds his way in. He wiggles his way into this nice, clean house. Michelle did everything to clean, wash the windows and everything. And what happens? He doesn't just show up. He shows up with seven of his buddies. That's what it says, doesn't it? He shows up with seven of his buddies. And he said, it's worse than it was than when it got started. In, in other words, you'd be almost better off not tampering with righteousness than just kind of mess around with it. You'd be a lot better off because when that dude comes back looking for a place, you got a bunch of buddies with him having a frat party, right? So Jonathan Kahn in his book, The Return of the Gods, is powerful, man. He takes this and says, we have removed Christ from America. We cleaned it up. America, the United States of America, when Jesus Christ, when Christianity came to America, the world cleaned up. You guys, you guys seeing that? You understand that? That Christianity went in and invaded and cleaned up a lot of houses. A lot of houses. And then what happened over the years? Well, somebody cracked open a window and let let some of the, let, let Mr. Uh, Homosex into the room. Then Mr. Homosex brought with him Mr. Transgender. Mr. Transgender brought with him Mr. Bisexual. And Mr. Bisexual brought with him Mr. Pedophile. And the next thing you know, you got all kinds of sexual perversion going around everywhere to what was once a clean house. Yeah, are you with me? Are you with me? And so here we are in the United States of America where Christ and Christianity came in and cleansed the home and then what happened? Well, around 1947, they evicted God. They said there was a separation between the church and the state. Everson versus the Board of Education. They booted God out, and all of a sudden, new tenants showed up. They had some new tenants showed up, right? And it wasn't Amen. just one. It wasn't just the original guy they kicked out. But no, he brought a lot of his buddies with him. Talking about America now, right? America. Now, of course, demons, demonology works through individual people. The demons work through individual people to advance a kingdom. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep coming back to it. We're supposed to be expanding the kingdom, and the demons are fighting to expand the kingdom. And we don't even get we don't even get it. We don't Amen. see we 
We think America can be righteous with unrighteous leaders. We think America can be righteous with unrighteous laws. We think America can be righteous with unjust rulers. It it doesn't work that way, right? So we need to clean house again. So Jonathan Kahn makes the uh, uh, argument, and I think it's really, really well done, that uh, they're back seven times stronger. They're back. Uh, could you could you guys imagine? Do you, anybody besides me remember when the homosexuals just wanted to come out of the closet? They just wanted they just wanted to be Billy and Timmy and live next door and have a garden, right? They just want to be like everybody else. They just want to be loved, just like every. They want to be able to get married, just like everybody else. And the church says, "Oh well," and then the Supreme Court says, "Yeah, I guess we have to let them get married." And boom. There comes one of those guys in, and what's he bring with him? <laughs> he didn't come alone, Clay. He brought a bunch of his other crap with him when he moved back into the house, right? Anybody picking up what I'm laying down here, right? This is so good. This is so good. And then Jonathan Kahn takes us on down through this, and I began to think about it. I'm the Lord thy God, one of the commandments says. I shall have no other gods before me. Hmm. Wow. So I, I'm a rare guy. I think when I read, I think when I read, I shall have no other gods before me. Now I stopped, said, wait a minute, wait a minute. There must be other gods. There must be other gods. Huh? Yeah. Little G's. And not only does he not mean I'll have no other gods before me? Not meaning bring them to me, bring Amen. them and stand in front of me like you go to court and bring all the other gods. No, 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 no. He said, "Don't even, don't, don't bring that before me. I, I don't, even, I don't even want to see that. I don't even want that. You, you get the difference? No other gods before. Me. Don't you dare drag that mess to me. Don't bring that here. Don't. What you talking about, Willis? Don't you bring that crap here, right?" And so I got thinking, man, man, oh, man, Jonathan Kahn makes, I'm not claiming this is my own knowledge because it isn't. Jonathan Kahn says, that's what we're dealing with. And I, I went this morning, I did this on my own, by the way. I just listed up a list of pagan gods. Folks, look, are you looking at me? There are other gods. That's why Jesus said, I'm the king of kings. Wow. Um, there are other kings. When Jesus said, God said, I'll have no other gods. There are other gods. Not not G, not capital G, not Jehovah Jireh, not the big boy gods, but there are little ones. There are little ones. And we look back all through history, and we we call it, uh, what do we call that? Uh, Coach, get your brain to work here. Mythology. We call it mythology, right? Hey, Jonathan, how quick are you real quick? What's mythology? What's Mr. What does Mr. Webster say mythology is? Mythology. Mythology is a study and interpretation of often sacred tales or fables of a culture which deal with various aspects of human condition, such as good and evil, suffering, human origins, places, names, animals, cultural values, and tradition. Ancient Greek mythology 
is a vast group of legends about gods and goddesses, heroes and monsters, warriors and fools that explain everything from religious rituals to the weather. Myths are specific accounts of gods or superhuman beings involved in extraordinary events or circumstances in a time that is unspecified, but which is understood as existing apart from. Wow, folks, are these the gods that that the Bible is referring to? Are there other gods? But we call them myths. By the way, they want to tell you that your God's a myth, don't you? Don't they? So I should have called my buddy uh, Steph, the, my pagan friend, Reggie. I could have called Reggie today. Say, well, who are some of these pagan gods? So I just Googled pagan god. Whoops. I got to quit Googling. I got I to gotta duck, duck, go it or something. I got to quit doing that to Google. The list of pagan gods. Huh? What's, what's this website? Uh, witchcraft. What is it, John? Black, Black Witch Coven. Blackwitchcoven.com. A dude in duets, dude in dudettes, the dark side's worshiping at the gods. Huh? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And here are some of them. Adonis, he was the Greek god of rebirth and vegetation. He's worshiped in mystery religions for untold eons. Is this one of those gods that the Lord doesn't want brought before him? I don't want any other gods before me. What about Apollo? The Greek yep. young solar god, god of light, truth, and prophecy, god of archery, medicine, healing, god of music, poetry, and art. Apollo? Is Apollo welcome before the Lord? I don't think he is, is he? How about Anubis, the Egyptian god of the dead, or Aten, the Egyptian supreme god of solar deity? How about Brahma, the Hindu creator god, or Coyote, First Nations trickster god, or Simonis, Celtic god of the wild hunt, fertility, masculine energy? Huh? On and on and on and on. A list of gods. Look at that, folks. Look at that. God time. This is Wiccan stuff. This is, huh? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Stop right there. Titles of God. Child God, huh? Gods in the form of infants, such as Jopala, baby Jesus, Horus. The father God used for pagan patriarchs, patriarchs such as Zeus and Daga and Odin. And the Greek man title used for earth gods such as Tammuz or Herne. Do you understand that these gods are real? It's not mythology, friends. It's not mythology. Let me knock on the door here. It's not mythology. Amen. Huh? It's not mythology. See, the devil is so shrewd that he wants to make it look like it's mythology. Are you? Oh man, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Huh? And what? My people are destroyed. Why? For lack of knowledge. Huh? So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shift gears here. I'm gonna put this in the chat. Go look for it yourself. All these mythological gods. Were they myth? Hercules? Really? Uh, he was fake. Think Her- Hercules was fake. Well, why they got him listed in all of them here? Then scroll down. It. Okay, so let's go here. Here about this. This is another one. I learned religions. I just googled this this morning. Pagan gods and goddesses. Are they real? Well, they think they are. It's a good website. It tells you how deities work, how they worship, and why it matters. How they make offerings to their gods. Pagan pagan prayers. Why bother with them? Celtic deities, 
What? Yeah. Egyptian deities, huh? Greek deities, huh? Norse deities. What? What? Pagan deities. What? Huh? No other gods before me, right? No other gods before me. I am the Lord thy God. There'll be no other gods before me. And see, what again, before me means don't you even bring that stuff in front of my face. Keep that crap out of there. So you go ahead and you celebrate Ishtar if you want to, but don't you dare do it in my name. You go ahead and celebrate Easter if you want to, but don't you dare do it in my name. I don't want, I don't even want to hear about Ishtar. Sorry. Well, mm. that, that goes at the heart of it, doesn't it, folks? Huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goes right to the heart of it. All of it, right? And he said, No other gods before me. And so Jonathan Kahn says, Look around, folks. God's pulled his hand back in judgment. And the house was clean, and now it's dirty, and he is turning his head away, saying, Okay, you got what you want, baby. Seven times stronger. Vinny, boom. Craig, yes. Lord of the flies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, this stuff they called mythology wasn't, isn't. There are other gods, G-O-Ds. Now, where did they come from? Well, we do know this. Oh, I don't want to get into it because I'm not, I'm not educated enough, right? There's a heavenly council. You guys know that? Pull that up, Jonathan. I didn't send you that. It just came to me right now. There's a, there's a heavenly council. See what we find here. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm stepping in it now. Yeah, God's got a heaven, a divine council. A divine. What does the Bible teach about divine council? Let's get away from that a minute, John. Go to the next one. Go to the one below that, Jonathan. I'm just, I'm swinging from the, right here. I'm swinging from the hips right here. What does the Bible teach about it? The Bible teaches about divine council. Well, Explains to you what it is. There's a divine council. The phrase divine council comes primarily Psalm 82.1. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. What? Ah! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And are called God. Let's stay right here a second. The word God, gods in this verse are both of the Hebrew Elohim. The first instance must be singular because of the Hebrew grammar. The verb translated as taking place is grammatically singular, while the second instant must be treated as plural, since it's preceded by the midst of. In the midst of the gods, plural Elohim, are Psalm eighty-two one are called gods and sons of the Most High. The God of Israel later in verse six is in the same psalm. The same sons of God are are described as being in God's council or assembly located in the heavens, the spiritual realm, divine beings, not on this earth. What? Uh, there are other gods. You hear me? Knock, 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 knock. There are other gods, folks. And so what we're seeing happen, and again, if you ought to, I'm not going to get, I'll put it in the chat. You can, you can go on your own. Well, Jonathan Kahn, the argument Jonathan Kahn's making is that these other gods are coming back with their buddies. They're coming back seven times stronger. Huh? And what's what's the solution? Anybody know the solution? Jesus. Huh? Yeah, Jesus. But what else? What? Got a clean house, baby. <laughs> Got a clean house again, right? Boom. Jeezy, crummy. And what's the church doing? The church wants to evacuate and leave it to these guys. Oh man. Hang on, one more thing. Let me look down here. 
I'm going to go num- go to number eight real quick, John. I think that's what I want. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you two things. I'm going to open it up here. Go to number eight, John, if you can. <clears throat> How demons operate. We don't even know. We need about a six month training on that, don't we? I don't have time to read through it. I only got 15 minutes left. How demons operate. Oh, there's the names. Satan is the leader of all the demons because Satan is prideful of the demons. They're their names. Prince of the power, Lucifer, Prince of Power, Lord of Demons, Destroyer, Angel of Light, la 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 la. Right? Murder, spirit of murder, is a god of father of lies. Doom. Boom. Good stuff. I'll put it in the chat. You can you can get it. Teaches us how they operate. Stay right there, John. I'm sorry. I'm bouncing around here. Go back down there where you were, dude. Right there. Go there. Right there. Right there. Right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Scroll down just a little bit. So how? Here, right there, bud. Here, the demon exercises his will, right? In Matthew 12, 44, the demon who has gone out of a man says, I will return from the house from which I came. So the demon here exercises its will to make a decision and then follow it up with the corresponding actions. I, I could take you through this, but I don't have time. I don't have time. Okay, with me? Doing okay here so far? So how do they operate? Well, the Bible tells us, don't be ignorant of his devices. If we don't know how he operates, how are we going to stop him? When's the last class you had in your Presbyterian church on demonology and how to fight darkness? You had one lately? Anybody had one lately? What do you think? What do you think transgenderism is? You don't think that's a demon? You don't think that's a dark, dark demon? Of course it is. You start talking about demons, they don't, they don't let you uh they don't want to hear what you have to say. Okay, hang on. Let me look here. One more thing. I'm crooks because I'm going to show you something. Amen. Pull up. Pull up. Uh, says army. Number three, John. Watch it. Watch this. This is very short. This is the transformation of the American military in your lifetime, my lifetime, and your lifetime. This is demonic. Show it. States military is a guiding light, leading the world to democracy and freedom. But if we want this beacon of truth and justice to shine, we need to remain. Army strong, and that means diversity. From gender reveal grenades and fabulous pride uniforms to our new pronoun dog tags, we're leading the way in both killing power and inclusivity. We're even training our soldiers to defend against violent misgendering from enemy forces. Excuse me, sir. Ah! It is ma'am! You! An updated, more inclusive exercise regimen and regiwoman. So no one feels left out. And more supportive drill sergeants who are completely judgment-free. You are special just the way you are. Don't let anyone tell you any different. The United States military. That's it, isn't it? Huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I only got 13 minutes left. Go ahead, Reggie. Morning, Coach. I was late. I I, I love the topic. I know you do. (laughs) Um, So what? Yeah, you're right. What's going on? It's the new world order is not a new thing. No, no, it's the old world order. (laughs) It's a resurrection of the golden age when the gods walks walked amongst us prior to the flood. So the Raphaim, they want their ruling back. (laughs) <laughs> they want their ruling back. And so what the adopted children of the Raphaim have been doing is developing that with their help from the spirit realm because they talk to them. But what's going to come about is 
a conglomeration of mm. the of all the rebellious children. We're talking Lucifer. Lucifer was not part of the first fall of the 200 Watchers. I think he had something to do with it, saying, hey, why? he knew it wouldn't work out right, but he kind of said, hey, let's do this, guys. You guys go do this. You guys go. So it's going to be all of them together <laughs> with their adopted children. So it's going to be like in the days of Noah. And um, they, the adopted children are holding all the seats for right now. They're called the seats and they're scattered amongst the world and they're preparing the way to give the big seats back. So that's why you hear me say, it's not going to work. Your, your, your work, you, when you guys go into public offices and try to take their, you're not going to get them because those seats are already filled with their adopted children. So they're just playing games to make you think that they're good guys. And eventually you know, it's all just going to come about and that we don't need that army. We don't need that army right there because God is clothing his army. He is preparing his children who understand exactly what's, what we're saying right now, because it has nothing to do with the military. It has nothing to do with offices, nothing to do with any of that. He is clothing us and preparing us. And we hear him and we are meeting others that are hearing the exact same thing. So we mm. want to help build everybody else. But we're, it's, this is this is going to be a great thing. Scary, but great. Don't be great. Going to be great. Rich, come on in. Yeah, Dave. Uh, question: Do you need to buy a Ouija board to know that they're evil? <laughs> well, Rich, you need to buy a Ouija board to uh, what's the word I'm looking to disseminate or to tell who's evil <laughs> i guess maybe we need to do that yeah. well I, I guess what i'm saying that is i'm concerned about the the, the link you put in the chat of going to a witch and coven because if folks aren't aren't right in the lord then they could be opening up that portal for those demons to come in back into them getting on this website yeah I, I'm, it's I'm, it, i mean it's i i know you gotta you gotta learn about this right but there's yep. ways to go about learning it without getting into bed with them yep. so i guess i'm just concerned about that that's all concerned about what rich well concerned about if, if you if they if these folks get on this website and start going down that rabbit oh yeah about, don't go down, no no i no, i presented it as sure. evidence yeah yeah I present, yeah, yeah. yeah but, i get i get it as evidence but if people get on there and start going down those rabbit holes on there and you know then yep. then open they're doors. gonna open yep. those doors yep so I, that's I'm what you. i'm I'm cautioning about. Yeah, yeah good. One. I get you. Good one. Good one. Clay. Yeah, when you when I said the lost, uh, the evil spirits that that's who they're coming into is the lost people, the lost nations, and uh, if we don't feel those, if you cast those evil spirits out of the lost nation or the lost people, and you don't feel it with something, the Holy Spirit, then that you know, then they're gonna come back seven times over. That's why we got to be careful when we're dealing with individuals. If they're not ready to be delivered from those evil spirits and, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, then they could be in a worse state later than they started with. And alcoholics okay. will do that. If they're not okay, ready to totally give up alcohol, then they, they may give it up for a time. And then when they go back to the alcohol, they, they yep. get on it twice as hard. Seven, seven times stronger. So, for, folks, uh, when we were at the event this weekend, one of the things that we did on Friday on Friday night, I said, listen, tomorrow, Saturday, I'm going to baptize. When this whole thing's over, we're going to do baptism. And I went through the, what says in, uh, is it in Acts? Uh, wherever it is. Uh, no, it wasn't Acts. Uh, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. And I said, a lot of you in here, haven't, you know, 
Maybe you got sprinkled as a little kid. You need to be baptized. Yeah, I'm going to do baptisms afterwards. 200 people there. How many showed up to be baptized? Six. Six. What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? Because the truth is, oh, Lord, you can call yourself a Christian, not be saved. I believe that. We'll say that again. You can call yourself a Christian, not be one. Roger, come on in. Roger, Gates. Amen. Yeah, Coach. Amen. Uh, I saw on YouTube about two weeks ago a video that Jonathan Kahn had on there, and he was showing that in antiquity there was a uh, a deity, uh, a demonic deity that was known as Enchantress, and it, it was carved on a mm. wall, and this Enchantress spirit could turn men into women. Mm. And it's believed that this is part of the transgender movement, you know. That's what John. That's what Jonathan Kahn makes. I watched. I watched that same video. It's in his book, by the way. That transgenderism is nothing more than a, a reincarnation, for lack of a better term, of the ancient gods. Yeah, and you know what I was going to say is that when I was in high school, when I was in grade school, they handed out Gideon New Testaments when I was in grade school. Okay. And then in high school, we had a we had an English teacher who was a, a, a believer. I wasn't saved then. But every day when I went into school that day, she would, uh, an English teacher, she would take a Bible verse and put it on the board and use it to break down sentence structure for teaching English. Mm. So when they, kicked, <laughs> when they kicked God out of school, what did it, what did, what came in instead of it? Yeah, we know it did, right? We know it. It's in the school system. It's in the faces of kids. So know? how about so how about this, folks? Think this through. Uh, wherever you send your child to school, wherever you send them, what do you suppose would be the percentage of deeply understanding Christian children in that school? Well, would anybody want to give me a percentage of deeply committed? I'm even talking Christian schools. I've been in them. I've been in them. What percentage of children are deeply committed? Christians. Reggie says 5%. I think she's being generous. What do you suppose they are in the public schools? What do you suppose? And and people say, we have to send our child in there to be the light? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? Jeff Klein, come on in. Since we found out last night, a neighbor lady that Mary Jane's been friends with for years down here in liberal Gambier area, Found out on her website, she's got all this stuff on there about Ishtar and everything else. I said, see, I told you that woman's evil. She is wicked. I'm told you and told you. She never believed me for these last few years. And she's told other people, although for her, for the committee here in Gambier, and she's been on the board up here. You know, now we got Macy in there in the hospital still. She's been in there since Wednesday. A lot of complications, fever or blood count, just Everything, heartbeat tripled, got all kinds of problems with these two surgeries she had back to back. And I thought, now, I hope you didn't ask that lady the other day, pray for our granddaughter. Mm. You don't know who you're asking. It's like, you don't know, man. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. That's you know, right, just, yeah. I'm asking the people here that are true Christians, pray for Macy, my granddaughter. It's the fifth day she's been at OSU. She's having a lot of issues. I mean, 20 years old, just going in because of gallstones, and all of a sudden, everything's out of whack. They removed her gallbladder the second day, back-to-back surgery. She's just a mess. 
And then also we got Pastor Bill of the Heartmonger on this weekend. They're taking him in today for test. He's having problems with his heart. It's like one thing after another. You know what I mean? The enemy. Yeah, the enemy. So don't get them to pray for somebody. There's a devil's loose. There's a devil loose. So Jeff talked about, I'm going to get you, Roger, just a second. So Jeff talked about, uh, you know, people coming in and being of the devil. Look, are you are you sitting down? Are you guys sitting down? Jonathan, pull up for me. Easter. Folks, this is a worldwide celebration of the Christian church of a pagan god. You understand this? You understand? Easter, also called Pasqua, Resurrection Sunday, is a Christian festival and cultural holiday commemorating the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, yada, yada, yada. And lamp goes on down, but it's going to tell us about somewhere down there. It's going to tell us about Ishtar. Ishtar. Who's Ishtar? Well, she's a goddess of what? Fertility. We have the goddess of fertility. We're celebrating Ishtar and killing babies. You Are you with me? See, this goes back to these gods. And we think it's, there it is, etymology. Esther, name of Easter. Modern English term, Esther, cognitive, do Uster, German, tells you what they are, right? And it's a goddess, which is once called after a goddess, Estre. Folks, Easter is pagan. And it's one of the central holidays of Christianity. That's the truth. It's the truth. And what do we celebrate? We call it Easter Sunday. Resurrection Sunday? Okay, I, I, could, I could sort of live with that. Easter, what? This is Ishtar Sunday. We're having Ishtar Sunday. And next month, we're going to have uh, Hercules Wednesday. What, the, what? That's the pagan, that's a book I got over here, Pagan Christianity. Roger, go ahead. We should never refer to the schools as public schools. Do yeah. your part. Always refer to them as government schools. Government, that's right, brother, the government schools. Right there on our screen right now, it says Ostara, 1884. It's a picture drawn by Johannes Gertz. The goddess flies through the heavens, surrounded by Roman-inspired puti, beams of light and animals. Germanic people look up at the goddess from the realm below. That is Easter. That's something, friends, isn't it? So if we, if we just backpedal here a little bit, if I just backpedal a little bit and ask, ask ourselves a question, uh, who are we serving, really? Really, who are we serving? And what? My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. John's highlighted there. She is the namesake of the festival of Easter. Do you see that? Clay, do you see that? When you celebrate Easter, you celebrate Esther Ishtar, spring goddess. Come to our Easter Sunday service. We're going to pass out chocolate eggs and we'll have an Easter egg hunt in the church. Am I sounding religious on you today? I'm not trying to sound religious. I'm trying to show you that we're, we're, we're committing suicide. Christianity is committing suicide. We are killing ourselves 
We're eating poison, serving poison, thinking we do a good. Isn't that what Jesus said? That they would come when they would kill you and think they do a good thing? Wow. We got a lot to unlearn, don't we? God bless you. See you Amen. Tomorrow.